Hello everyone and welcome to the Theme Park Loopy podcast. This episode is the first in a series about going to Orlando and the point of doing this series is for people who are thinking about taking a trip over to Orlando and going to the attractions over there, you know, Disney, Disney World and Universal Studios, Islands of Adventure, etc. And the idea is that we're going to talk about our experiences and share some of our knowledge about going to Orlando and importantly it's going to be from a UK perspective so most of our listeners are from the UK so if you're thinking about going over to Orlando or you've already booked a trip over there hopefully you'll find this series helpful. Today we're joined by Sam, how are you doing Sam? Hi Ryan, yeah I'm very good thank you my friend, how are you? I'm not too bad thank you. I'm ready to talk all things Orlando, I love Orlando, I've been, I was there last year so ready, ready, ready to uh, get into it. I think it's, I think probably between us all on the podcast, it's probably one of our most, f- one of our favorite places to uh, to visit. We always go. So uh, yeah, this is going to be fun to to get into it. Yeah. And this is something that we've been talking about for a while. And um, in various episodes over the years, we've talked about going to Orlando and we've talked, we've kind of touched on different things. But what we have said is that we always wanted to do a series on going to Orlando. And so, you know, we want to kind of share our knowledge and experience. And one of the things we want to do is we want this podcast to be as interactive as possible. So through our social media channels, we want you to feel free to ask us questions and we can answer those questions on these episodes. Also, if you're interested in calling into the podcast and talking to us live uh, and asking us some questions, we'd be interested in doing that as well. So it's going to be something different, something new. It's something that I think everyone will find useful if you're thinking about going out to Orlando. So let's get on with it. So today we're going to be talking about where to stay if you're traveling to Orlando. We were talking about this uh, before the podcast and we think at a high level, you've probably got about five options if you're looking to stay in Orlando. So probably the first option is staying on site at Universal. Second option would be staying on site at Disney. Also, you've got staying on International Drive as well. Uh, The fourth option could be staying in a villa, perhaps in Kissimmee or Celebration. And then the final option could be perhaps staying in a partner hotel around Disney. There's other options as well. You know, you could stay at SeaWorld or there's other hotels in other different locations around Orlando. But I would say those five tend to be what I would call the power five. Um, if you're looking to stay in Orlando, those are the ones that people are looking for. Have you got any thoughts on that, Sam? Would you agree or disagree? Have you got any that you'd like to add to that? Yeah, absolutely, Ryan. I, I would agree. Those five are definitely the strongest. It's funny, isn't it? When you go to Orlando, even before you like book your trip you get bombarded with like adverts and promotions from um all sorts of theme park based hotels you know as you said universal disney whether, whether you're going to see well perhaps there's package deals there so it's very much saturated by those on park hotels but i think where you can find the value personally is perhaps looking a little bit out, outside of the box and away from the kind of resort based areas but more to delve into that later Yep. Thanks very much, Sam. So um, so let's dive into uh, some of the options that we've already discussed so far, because even though those five could be uh, five of the most popular options at a high level, there's other things to consider because each of those options are kind of broken down into different categories. So if we start with uh, Universal, for example, they've just launched um, 
some budget hotels. So uh, the Endless Summer, uh, Surfside and Dockside that are targeted more as a budget option, uh, perhaps. And then secondly, they've got their kind of moderate options. So those are uh, Cabana Bay and also the Aventura Hotel. And then they've also got the kind of uh, more luxury deluxe hotels, so such as the Hard Rock Hotel uh, and also uh, Sapphire Falls as as well. It really depends what you're looking for when you're looking to uh, stay at Universal. Um, if you're looking to be close to the park and you're not going to be staying in the hotel that much, then potentially I think you'd be looking at more one of the moderate hotels or maybe even the budget hotels. Looking at Surfside and Dockside, um, they've only just opened in the last couple of years. They are, they, are, they do look like quite nice resorts. It's obvious that they are you know budget hotels because I would say that the buildings are reasonably uh, boxy, uh, but the pools uh, look really big. There's there's not a lot of options as far as I can see, uh, you know, food wise and dining, etc. Um, but it does look like um, a pretty good option, I would say. That if you're looking to stay there, the only the only thing is that it's a little bit further away from Universal because it's actually located where Wet and Wild used to be at the top of International Drive. So if you're if you're looking for a bit more luxury but you don't want to pay luxury prices then perhaps Cabana Bay or Aventura could be a good option. But the only thing I would say is that Aventura is definitely aimed at a more adult audience, I would say. It's it's a kind of tower, um, and then it's got lots of uh, food and beverage options on the ground floor. Then it's got a kind of reasonably small pool, and it kind of reminds me of a hotel that you might stay in um, on the Costa del Sol or something like that. That's what it kind of reminds me of. Cabana Bay. The Costa del Sol. Are yeah. you really comparing Universal <laughs> to the Costa del Sol? I'm just saying, the, the type of hotel that it is, I, I, it reminds me of something that we may have stayed in when we stayed on the Spanish coast over there. <laughs> How, however, if you're looking for something maybe a little bit more family-friendly um, and, and specifically... A hotel that has a lazy river as well, which is unheard of for for a moderately priced uh, resort, then Cabana Bay uh, could be a good option. Now, one of the big bonuses of staying at one of the more luxurious hotels at Universal for me, you get those free fast pass tickets, don't you? Um, and and the fast passes, I don't know how much they they cost right now but i think they cost something like you know 150 dollars per person maybe something like that yeah yeah they are quite expensive they can they can be i I, I was going to say about 100 dollars at least um and actually a slight sidetrack but worth noting if you are gonna if you are in the process of booking a universal trip um and you're specifically looking at universal right um before you booked your hotel um it is important to make sure you book through the US site as opposed to the, the, the UK site. And this is because if you book through the UK site or um, Universal Holidays, I can't remember what it was, um, but the, the UK tailored version of the, of the Universal Orlando site, the express pass you buy there is um, valid for one ride. So it's valid for your day, right? But it's valid for one ride at one time. Um, and it will get you on all the rides um, but one ride at a like once per day, right? So you can have access to all the main coasters, but you can only do one of those coasters 
per per time per day. But if you for, for the for the same cost or virtually the same cost, um, booking it through the US site, you can get the unlimited, which you can go on uh, as many rides as you want all throughout the day as many times as you want. And it's virtually the same cost. So it's really important, just when you're uh, booking your holiday initially or booking your tickets or wherever you're whatever vendor or how, however you're going through, make sure you're looking and and um, going back and forth between the kind of the, the ticket vendors, but also then I guess what Universal Studios Orlando, the, the US site is stating. Don't get caught out by booking through the UK website um, because it's not uh, kind of as as good. Like you don't get as, as good deals. Um, so by booking it in the US site, paying in dollars, you will literally get uh, the exact same service, but um, you get the express pass, which is unlimited for the same price as like the just the one time go on the UK site. So it's just worth noting. That is sneaky, sneaky. That is a top tip. It <laughs> is. It is. I, I almost got caught out on it. The, um, so we were, when we were booking, I say uh, this was a, back in March, um, we were we were going through and, and having a look and it was it cost something like 90 pounds i want to say uh sterling um for for the express pass or something and then um we went on the on the on the on the us version and we realized you know you could you could get the unlimited um like the, the full and wristband for, for virtually the same price and I, and I called the i called the number that was on the uk like they went through to the uk operating agent from the from the official universal you know uk site and it went through to a UK landline. And I said to them over the phone, I said, um, how does this make sense that it's the same price? I'm confused. Like, And can you match it? And the man on the phone said, well, I can't lie to you. Yeah, you're better off booking through the US site because, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to rob you of your money. So, I mean, I mean, hats off to them. They were very honest. Um, but that is a very, very sneaky, sneaky thing. Yeah. Have you ever been caught out by that, Brian? Or have you managed to notice it? I, do you know what? I I haven't noticed that. That's not something. I mean, so when so when I was uh, so I'm I'm planning to stay at Universal when we go in yeah. September, and yeah, we did yeah. we did look at the luxury resorts and consider you know because we were thinking if you get the fast passes, the express passes, um, that is quite significant value. So even though you will be spending more for the hotel, mm. you you're going to be getting a product that's worth you know potentially two hundred dollars a day up to three hundred dollars a day for for me and my wife however and and we will touch on when to go as a separate topic i think it's important to contextualize that value with when you're actually going to be going if you're Mm. if you go at a time when it's going to be quiet then i would say save your money because even with those fast passes yeah, it might get you on the ride five minutes earlier, but is it worth spending the extra money that you could have spent on on something else? You know, waiting that extra five minutes. Last time we went, we went for the first two weeks of December, uh, particularly for the first week. Universal was really, really quiet. We, apart from Rip Ride Rocket, I would say that we pretty much walked on most rides. Uh, Gringotts, we definitely had to queue a bit, but we only queued something like. 
20 minutes, which for Gringotts is is very, very low because it can go, you know, an hour and a half to two hours on, on busy days. So, so I'd just say that I'd, I'd, I'd just contextualize it with when you go in because you can kind of get into this mode where you think, oh, great, I'm going to get these fast passes. But you need to think about how useful those fast passes are actually going to be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, I think I was actually going to um, say the same thing. I mean, this is, again, just another tip that, that, um, that sort of, I, I would suggest if, again, and this won't suit everyone's budget. So, I mean, this is just coming from, uh, for context, I'm a, I'm a sort of single, um, single sort of dude in my sort of late, late twenties. So I, I realize I don't have a lot of responsibility. So therefore I can, I can afford to, uh, <laughs> to, to sort of, um, go for the, for this option, but I understand it's not the most budget friendly option. Um, is that the, if you are looking at doing both Disney and Universal, it's definitely worth looking at the idea, as you were saying, Ryan, at, at doing a few days at uh, Universal, um, staying there. Like if you know you're going to go to Universal for three days, maybe it's worth, you know, popping over, staying in the hotel, um, let's say in one of the deluxe ones, so you get your express pass and then you kind of, yeah, you do your Universal, I guess, part of your trip in one chunk rather than mix and matching with going to Disney days. I know some people like to put universal days in between Disney days just to break up that that kind of Disney bubble. Um, but I mean, it is it is an option to stay in a deluxe, if, again, if you can. And then you can also um, get your kind of fast pass included with that, your express pass and um, and crack on for those three days and it's all included. And and from what I understand as well is um, you get the fast pass for check-in day. Um, so oh, do you? Yeah, so effectively you have your fast pass for two days, even if you stay one night. So that's pretty good. So that's a pretty good deal, yeah. Um, mm. So yeah, if you do it that way, um, yeah. I mean, if if you're flexible and you want to do a split stay, it, it's a good option. Um, you know, you could stay at one of the more uh, budget-friendly hotels down on I Drive, and then maybe for mm. the last few days you could go and stay in one of the luxury resorts. Um, but again, I think it depends what you're looking for. Um, for me. Um, if I'm going to stay in a luxury hotel and I'm going yeah. somewhere like Orlando, yeah. I'm probably going to be spending more of my time outside of the hotel. So yeah. what? So what am I really paying for? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. what I'm looking for is a comfortable room somewhere I can get some sleep. Um, probably somewhere that I have the option to to relax in, maybe a day or mm. two. But I'm not looking to spend all my time. I'm not going to experience all the restaurants and all this kind of stuff. I'm not looking for that kind of yeah. stay. So I think it yeah. just depends what you want. And I would argue that if you had small children, they're probably going to want to spend more time, you know, in the parks than they are in yeah. the hotel, most likely. I mean, apart from the pools, because the pools are pretty terrific at Universal. So it's it's always a bit of a, a bit of a toss up, isn't it? Because um, you know. It's almost like the further away, I mean, quite clearly, you know, the further away you get from the parks, the more value you get in terms of your your price per room. Um, but that value, you don't really understand, in my opinion, you don't really truly experience and understand the true value of having a close proximity room and, and the cost and appreciate the, the value when uh, until you're at the end of a very, very busy park day, you know, you've just, you're at the Magic Kingdom, for example, your legs are aching, your body is aching, you're exhausted, you've done a, like a 10 hour day in the parks, you know, 
you're still in your in your sweaty t-shirt that you've been in all morning um and it's now you know you're going out with the crowds and you see everyone either queuing up for these buses to go back to their um hotel on property but again you went down the budget friendly option and you went you went to stay on our drive for example but then you've got the the kind of the the pains and aches of when you're that tired having to get find an uber get into an uber um get all the way down our drive get to your hotel you know that can add generally sometimes an hour two hours to the end of your day so i always think um to pay more for the closer proximity of your hotel room you only realize it you, you only realize it's worth it when you're kind of halfway through your holiday and that's when you actually think oh thank goodness we paid a little bit more to stay a bit closer so we don't have to deal with the traipsing backwards and forwards because if you're going to have an argument on your holiday with anyone it will be in the evening after your very busy day <laughs> and you'll be like waiting like around for to get an uber and all these ubers or or whatever you know taxi service you use will be cancelling you know it can be a quite a stressful time so it's generally it's something to bear in mind you you, you may not you may kind of be we be weaned in by the by by, by the value and, and and don't get me wrong i personally uh like to stay on i drive when i go to orlando so you know i i do do that um just because I, I get sucked into the value and I don't really care about being up late, but I can imagine if you've got young children or perhaps elderly people or in your party or whatever it may be, um, that becomes a bit more of an issue. I did also want to mention, we spoke about um, kind of crowds and how this would affect your trip and whether it's worth doing the more deluxe resorts um, to get those perks, right? Um, one thing you can do, and this is not, there's no sponsorship. This is no nothing. This is just because this is just the, the site that I use. If you go on the park, the parkprodigy.com, they have like crowd calendars and they're pretty accurate and you can pop in when you're going and they can give you like a rough guesstimate of, of how bad the, the crowd levels are going to be, which may sort of help you when you're kind of pre-booking your trip um, and looking at like whether you want to invest but obviously it's always a bit of a gamble because as much as a website says you can trust it you know who knows you know and that is down to the individual i guess whether you still want to invest in that expensive room or not to get those perks but perhaps it might help you so the crowd that the park prodigy.com and it's the crowd calendar the orlando crowd crowd calendar um and that's uh that, that could be quite useful when making your kind of decisions on, on booking yeah and and there are um some other options as well like um undercover tourist i think i've used sometimes as well um so yeah um the, the final thing i will mention on the universal results before we we get our bus a bit further down to international drive is that uh, i believe for the majority of the results you do get early entry as well um an early entry is uh, an hour uh, unlike Disney at the moment, which is half an hour. Um, however, it does vary from park to park. So one day it'll be Islands of Adventure. The next day it might be Universal Studios. It, it just depends what's on and, and what's happening. So that's another good perk as well that, um, you know, if your priority is to uh, get into the Wizarding World as soon as possible, then, you know, that is a good option. Um, so, you know, consider that as well. Okay, so moving uh, further down now uh, to International Drive, 
for those that um for those that don't know international drive is is a very long uh road i guess um that runs through the kind of touristy area of orlando and that's where you will find a lot of the more kind of budget friendly uh resorts and hotels some of the more popular hotels uh tend to be the the rosen uh chain so you've got rosen near international and you've got rosen um at point orlando you've got the rosen plaza as well and i think there's another rosen universal one as well uh there's there's two i think it's rosen international yeah the rosen international i think is the other one as well and then there's some other options as well that is uh coco key uh and a few other ones uh avanti so so these these hotels and resorts you'll find a, a much more kind of uh budget friendly than what you'll probably find at universal but again you know sometimes it depends on the time of year that you go in sometimes it might not work out that much different staying at an international drive resort to staying at endless summer for example there might not be a lot of money in it so it's something you might want to consider um Sam, uh, I think you've stayed before on International Drive. What would you say that your impressions of the area is and what would you think the pros and cons are of staying on International Drive itself? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yes, when we went in, when I went uh, in March, um, we decided to take the option of we're actually going to go and stay in the Avanti Palm Springs, I think it was. Um, we'll double check here. I've got it written down somewhere. Uh, yes, yeah, it was. It was the Avanti Palm Springs, and um, it was amazing because it was actually significantly cheaper uh, than any resort-based uh, accommodation or properties. And so we were lucky enough. You know, it's not the most glamorous hotel by any means. It's got a little, it's got a little um, coffee shop in it, which sort of has a Starbucks machine in it. Um, it has a sort of average-sized pool, and that is about it. Your rooms are sort of pretty, very pretty pretty basic um you know our bathrooms again weren't the nicest um but who really cares when we're not going to spend much time there um but what did make it really unique and really special is actually that our our room which was no more as it was it was incredibly um cheap compared to the other resort-based properties so i would argue argue and say it was no more than sort of like 40 pounds a night actually cheaper than a premier inn if you're from the uk um we were able to open up our window and open up our curtains every morning and we had views out of volcano bay like volcano bay was right across the road and we'd see the volcano every morning all beautiful in this in the sunrise and we would the sunrise as if we were up at sunrise come on um we also um saw it at night which is a bit more bit more us um and it was beautiful and lit up and, and stunning so um you can still get a kind of resort kind of feel even if you're not necessarily staying on a resort-based property you can still get that same kind of feeling because you still get this the kind of premium views that you would imagine you would see in the kind of cabana bay commercials um and ultimately as well uh what is a a hotel right what 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 is like a hotel room does it really add that much to your stay when when as you said ryan you know you're out and about you know we were able to get up you know in a decent time we were able to grab a coffee from a little kind of starbucksy place on in our in our hotel and then we were able to jump in an uber um and, and get to get to whatever part we needed to you know and that was absolutely fine for us uh, and we saved a considerable amount of money so i think yes 
the iDrive isn't the nicest, but it's fine. And actually what the iDrive does allow you to do is, I mean, I wouldn't suggest walking up and down the iDrive at night, not that it's particularly dangerous. It is quite a touristy area, just it has its patchy spots. Um, what I really would recommend though is, and what the one good thing about the iDrive is that it kind of takes you out of the resort bubble. So if you're, you know, if you're kind of in and around the Disney resort area, you know, your Lake Buena Vista area or you're um, in the Universal area, it's really easy to kind of just get sucked into those, oh, I need dinner now. So um, we'll go back to the hotel and then we'll either eat in our hotel or I guess we'll go to like a, res a property um, based restaurant. So, you know, Springs or you go to your city walk restaurants, whatever. And they are, they are, their, their prices are, are hiked quite considerably. But when you go back to your iDrive um, hotel, you immediately kind of enter back into the normal world and you're sort of outside of that, uh, your kind of themed, I guess, environment, which has, has its pros because it means you can pop down to, um, I don't know, like Olive Garden, or you can pop down to like, um, like the Outback Steakhouse, or you know whatever it may be, like Checkers or or, or um, Buffalo Wild Wings, whatever your favorite kind of American restaurant is, and you can actually have dinner there, and obviously, and you get dinner for a heck of a lot cheaper than what you would have spent in resort. You know, and you get a bit, a slightly bit more of an authentic American experience. I mean, you're still in a very touristy city and one of the biggest tourist capitals of the world, but um, you get more of an authentic American experience rather than kind of being in this, being in a resort. That will suit some people. That won't suit everyone. I mean, for myself as well, when we go out to Orlando, we like to go to bars and we like to go to nightclubs and things as well. So um, the theme parks are definitely a part of it, but then also the, the nightlife becomes a part of it. So we, we quite like that as well. So that's all I would say. But I'm sure you've, I'm sure, Ryan, you said you've stayed there before in on iDrive. What were your thoughts on it? And is it worth the gamble and the price? Yeah, so I think it's all about location. If you're staying on the International Drive, um, I think the closer that you stay, I think the closer that you stay to Point Orlando, I think it's um, a bit more of a pleasant area to be out and about on. We stayed close to where the world's biggest McDonald's is, and it's quite close to Checkers and, and Walgreens. But I would say uh, where we were, um, sort of in the middle of iDrive, I think we felt a little bit isolated at times. Um, we did only want a hotel, like, literally just to stay in, and, and it served that purpose. But um, I think if I stayed on iDrive again... I would choose to stay probably at Point Orlando, which is where the um, you know the Star Flyer is, where the um, where the Ferris wheel is, etc. I think that's where I would stay. Um, we we went to a couple of rest, different restaurants in iDrive, and like you say, there's a lot of choice on there. You know, you've got IHOP uh, for breakfast, the International House of Pancakes. I think that's what it's called. Um, also, Miller's uh, Ale House is quite good as well. Um, also, there's quite a few Denny's on there as well. And Denny's is just like kind of diner. They kind of sell absolutely everything. Um, so, yeah, I'd agree with that. I would, the only thing I would say is that, to be honest, because we spent quite a lot of time in the parks, often by the time we got back to the hotel, we'd have probably already eaten something in the parks. And so we 
maybe in the morning we might have gone to IHOP or something for breakfast, but mm. most of the time we didn't really get a chance to be out and about on iDrive. And I think that was partly down to the location that we were in. Um, well, so Yeah, you, you, you said you felt isolated just then um, by being kind of where you were. How do you mean? Um, how do you mean isolated in terms of like, how did that come about, that feeling, <laughs> if you get what I mean? So I think what it is is that it's quite overwhelming for people from the UK because it's like it's like a normal road, but it's got about four rows of traffic. <laughs> so at, at points, so it's a really really busy road, um, and I think I just felt like you know because in in America, um, you know the car is king. It it it's not re- a lot of places are not really built for pedestrians, and I would say that I drive in a lot of its parts are not really built for pedestrians and you don't see a lot of people walking around um sort of the northern end um of i drive i would say so in my mind i would have preferred that if i'd have stayed at point orlando i could have gone across the road and there'd been a kind of selection of kind of bars and restaurants and things where i was there was maybe you know there was a mcdonald's and then a bit further down there was a burger king and then a bit further down there was a denny's and it just kind of felt like there wasn't a lot there. You had to kind of keep walking from place to place. I would have preferred that there was things around me, I suppose. And then I wouldn't have felt as kind of isolated where we were. So it was fine. Um, and actually we, we had a car for um, half of the stay as well. So it didn't really matter. Um, but that was just the feeling that, that I had. And that's why this time we've chosen to stay on resort because we like the idea of being able to go down to a city walk, you know, have a few drinks and just kind of, you know, mosey back to the hotel, which is not something we could have really done on iDrive. Once we got back to the hotel, I could have nipped out to get some food or we could have nipped out somewhere, but we couldn't have had an experience on an evening, I don't think. So that's why I felt that way. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I can I can appreciate that. Um, definitely. I think it's one it's those hard things, isn't it? Where you're like, do I want to go like, like we were speaking about earlier, do I want to go down the valley route? Um, <clears throat> or do I pay a bit more for, for the, for the convenience and being close. And as you say, being able to pop in and pop back in at ease, you know, that is worth, in my opinion, is worth its weight in gold. Um, if you can do it and if you can afford it, you know, um, I also have to say one of the best things that we did in March, um, at the very top of our holiday, was you know i think a lot of people land in orlando and they're like right i'm here we should make the most of it we're gonna get off we're gonna we're gonna run to the parks as quick as we can we're gonna change and we're gonna get to the fireworks you know that seems to be everyone's thing i want to run and get to the fireworks and ah amazing i went to epcot epcot was the one thing (laughs) i think (laughs) i think i might be unique but the the first thing i wanted to do was go to epcot i i I don't know why but that's what i wanted to do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but to, to but to my point, right? People always want to get off and want to like get to a park, right? When they first land. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. And um, what we did, we did something slightly different. So we were like, no, we want to like just have a bit of a laugh and um, hang out. So we ended up going to Fun Spot in Kissimmee, um, which was so much fun because it's very, it's a very like local place. It's very chill. Um, there's like some carnival rides and there's a great wooden coaster. If you've, if you've, uh, haven't been on that, it's, and it's just a paper ride. So even if you want to go there and just like, I don't know, just jump on the roller coaster and have some, 
you know, um, some like fast food or, or checkers or whatever it may be. But there was all kinds of crazy stuff that, as I say, there, there was bars there, there was a real atmosphere, there was live music, there was rides and roller coasters that you could just pay as and when you wanted for them. So you got a little bit of a taste of what's to come at the start of your holiday. And there was a great little um, haunted house, year round haunted house, which was really funny as well and really great. Um, so, you know, you, it's very sort of tacky and classic sort of Florida Orlando tackiness, but it's just a great way to start your holiday because I think it's not too overwhelming. You can just dip in and dip out as you want. And it's just um, it's just a nice, easy way to kind of get yourself in the holiday mood without jumping straight into the kind of go, go, go of, of, uh, of a Disney park. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, if you're looking for a hotel, you know, literally just to stay at the hotel, you're not looking to be in the pool a lot, etc. And um, you're happy to be outside of a bubble, either the universal bubble or the Disney bubble. And um, also if you're happy to pay a little bit less for food, which I think everyone's happy to do, then International Drive, you know, is a great option. So I would recommend looking at International Drive if you're flexible. Uh, but in my opinion, I would look to stay as close to uh, point Orlando uh, as you as you can, which is sort of the lower third of International Drive, in my opinion, or stay right at the top near Universal, which is where you stayed, uh, Sam. So I think that's probably a good option as well if you want to kind of feel like you're on the cusp of of Universal, perhaps. Yeah, definitely, and you know, I, I think it's really easy well it's kind of hard to make these kind of decisions before you go away i mean obviously you need to book your hotel before you go away because you need accommodation but um if you especially if it's your first trip you just have to kind of go with what what you feel is right and what's suited to your budget but i think once you've been once and if you decide to go again you'll then have a good idea of where your priorities lie you know do your priorities lie in value and price and um and food, I guess, and having options, or do your kind of values and needs rely more on being close to the parks and having convenience? So it's totally dependent on, I guess, um, value versus convenience, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, well, uh, jumping on the Lynx bus and then changing at SeaWorld and getting on another Lynx bus, <laughs> we're going to head down to Disney World. So Disney World is definitely one of the most popular places to stay. Probably has the most complicated selection of hotels, I would uh, argue, perhaps. The way that um, Disney structure their hotels is is not too dissimilar to how we explained it at Universal. So they have hotels like the Pop Century, which is considered to be a, a value resort. And then they also have uh, what we may call Value Plus, which is the art of animation, which is a bit more of a family-friendly uh, suites type hotel. And then we've got what they'd call the moderate resort. So we've got like the Caribbean Beach. We've got the Port Orleans hotels. Uh, we've got uh, Coronado Springs as well, uh, for example. And then we move into the more deluxe resorts. So places like the Grand Floridian, for example, um, and a number of other ones as well that would be considered like the, the Yacht Club, uh, perhaps. Also, uh, there's then a kind of final tier at Disney, which is the hotels which 
are sold by Disney but are not actually run by Disney. So that would be like the Swan and Dolphin. And I think they would be comparable to a deluxe resort, I would say, Sam. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I would say um, the Swan and Dolphin are up there with um, deluxe resorts. It's just important to remember that they are separate to um, Disney kind of property so the perks not that there's many perks let's be honest right now um that you can get when you stay on property do not apply to swan and dolphin but in terms of the feel they are right next to epcot um and they and they definitely you know feel and feel grand and they also i believe offer slightly different um discounts as well that's slightly different to other disney resorts in terms of if you're um military or you have some sort of service um, you might be able to get some extra perks there so that's worth looking into for the swan and dolphin yeah and and a new variable to bear in mind now with um disney world is whether it's on the skyliner uh route as well so uh pop century is on the skyliner route uh caribbean beach resort um the riviera that's it, isn't it yeah that's one yeah riviera um is on the yeah on the skyliner yeah uh, and then the Riviera. Um, some of the moderate resorts and and are not on the Skyliner, and some of the deluxe resorts are also not on the Skyliner. So, uh, for example, uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge is is probably the hotel which is the furthest away uh, from the other hotels um, because Animal Kingdom is actually quite far away and it's it's massive. Also, Coronado Springs is is one that you can only really get to by by bus, and that's a little bit uh, that's a little bit further out as well, not quite as far as Animal Kingdom Lodge, but that's not on the Skyliner. So I think you need to also consider that. I think what what's important to you, because even though you do get the free buses uh, around Disney World, and that's some the buses are something that any Disney guest can use. You don't need to be staying on site. You could be staying at Universal and you could just go to one of the resorts if you wanted to and you can use the buses. Any guest on Disney property can use the buses. So I think you need to consider that. Are you happy with just the buses or do you also want to be on the Skyliner? That will all have an impact as well. Also, when it comes to the the... I'm just trying to think what these are. What are the other pop resorts called? We've got music and sports. Um, oh, um, all star, all star sports, all star music, all star movies, um, yeah. pop century, art of animation. That's it, isn't it? In the values. Yeah, um, yeah. So one thing to also consider is that even if you stay at the the value resort some of them are closer to the skyliner than others so that's something that you might want to consider as well so sam if if you were thinking about staying on resort at disney what would be important to you and and what would be the decision making process that you would go through um good question right so i think if I was looking at booking my next trip, I would most definitely look at where do I want to spend most of my time? So is there a certain park that I enjoy going to more or that was there one that I go to less? Um, bearing in mind, I'm very fortunate to have been there a number of times. I've also worked with the company. So I've lived in Orlando for a while um, in my early twenties. So um this is coming not from a first time point of view. Um, so it would be the case of um, 
what parks do I want to be near? Um, and how close is it? So as you say, is it near to the Skyliner? Is it near to the buses? Um, or is there just buses? And therefore, um, how frequent are the buses? And um, how close is it to another resort as well? Um, because that all adds into your your factor of kind of getting to the park. For example, if um, it is not near, if you stay in a, if you stay in an All Star, for example, it's the same bus route that serves all of the different um, All Stars. So that means those buses are going to get very very full. That means if you're staying at All Star uh, Movies, I think that's the last bus out of the three to get picked up so it means on a morning for example you th- those buses fill up very quickly and then it might be that you know you a bus doesn't doesn't stop for a while because they're all filled up and they have to follow that route so that's something to bear in mind so i would make sure that the resort that i'm staying at is kind of the only one that is majorly kind of served to a bu- to to a, to a bus route um or is there multiple ways that I can get to a park from there? So, I mean, for me, I would look at staying at probably the boardwalk, um, I would say, um, because, I mean, the boardwalk in general has now become a nighttime hub uh, at Disney World. You know, it's one of the only remaining places with, you know, late night bars like Jelly Rolls and the Antic Dance Hall, which aren't spectacular, but they're late night venues um, outside of Disney Springs. And they're probably um some of the latest on properties so if you're looking for that that's great but then also the fact you can just walk to epcot so out of the three other parks that is the only one park that you don't need to um like get transport to you can literally walk there um so i think that's a major perk and i think it's often often under uh, overlooked and underrated perk as well because um you just don't have to wait in those lines for those buses. And also it's the Skyliner serves that re- resort as well. Um, I'm pretty sure it's nearby. You can get the Skyliner from the back of Epcot. Um, so there's that. So you actually have a lot of transport links from the boardwalks. So I would personally factor in um, where you want to be close to within your within the resort. Are you more of a Springs family? Or if you don't know, then just look at price as well. Um but definitely bear in mind when you're going down the value resort route, try and look and try and work out which is the last resort to get, um, or sorry, which is the, the the first resort to get picked up on that bus route so that you're always guaranteed to get on a bus first thing in the morning. Yeah, I think that's really important. And also, if there's a particular park that you think you're going to spend more time in uh, for some reason, you know, you need to understand each location where the hotels are. So, for example, the Magic Kingdom uh, from the Grand Floridian, I believe that you can now walk to the Magic Kingdom. I believe that they've opened that pathway now. Um, if you stay at the Polynesian, that's very close to where the boat is to to go to Magic Kingdom. Animal Kingdom Lodge, obviously, for um, Animal Kingdom. The other one to think about is the contemporary. Uh, what's quite important about the contemporary is that it's on the monorail loop, and that's quite important for some people as well. So perhaps you're not on the Skyliner uh, route, but you could be on the monorail uh, route, and that's quite important for some people as well. So I would just say do your research. And, you know, if you're going to be staying at Disney, get everyone in your family to to do a list of the things that they want to see the most. And then I would say that is a good approach to kind of decide where you want to stay. Now, it really depends on what kind of budget you have, because ultimately 
if you're looking at um, a more uh, budget-friendly trip, then those those value resorts are further away from the parks ultimately, and you will be kind of beholden to the buses. But if you if you're able to spend a little bit more money, then just have a think about where the hotels are and and what they're close to. I think that's really important. So Ryan, I'm actually going to ask you that question back. Um, where would you kind of choose to stay uh, within the Disney property? And um, and what do you think is most important when you go with your wife? Yeah, so as an adult couple, you know, we're looking for a more um, adult experience, I guess. So we're looking for somewhere which kind of caters more to that adult market. Now, it's kind of a really easy easy question for me to answer because I'm a bit of a train geek and I, and I, you know I like uh, I like the idea of a monorail going through the middle of a hotel. So for me, I would always stay at the Contemporary. Also, there's some really good uh, perks because if I if I could afford to, I would probably stay in one of the rooms which overlook Magic Kingdom, and instead of being within all the hustle and bustle, you know, watching the fireworks, I could be sipping a sangria maybe on my balcony and watching the fireworks. So that's something that would appeal to me. Also, I think contemporary has got sipping a sangria. Yeah, sipping a sangria. I don't know if you can even buy that in Florida. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I think that would be really good. Also, I think the contemporary's got probably two of the best uh, restaurants on site as well. So um, for me, I think it would be probably the the contemporary, I'd say. It would be California Grill for dinner and then sipping sangria at the fireworks on the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> you know me too well. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and also these, I mean, but if you want a little bit of Mickey Mouse, there's also the, um, oh my God. Uh, Chef Mickey's. There's also Chef Mickey's down there if you want a bit of Mickey Mouse as well. So, you know, there's, there's options there. Uh, Who doesn't love a bit of Mickey Mouse? Who doesn't love Mickey? <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah, yeah. And, the... and also it's not too far from... I, I, I mean, I, I like the idea of staying at the Polynesian. I'm not... I, I would I would say that the contemporary for me is is above that however i do like the idea of going to uh trader sam's you know that looks really good um and i'd probably end up spending all my time in there at the polynesian most likely we had a great time so we went to trader sam's um a while ago now um and that was actually so much fun it was our first time going to that bar and uh, for anyone that doesn't know trader sam's is a a humongous i say humongous it's it's a pretty intimate bar but it's it's humongously famous within the kind of fan community because it's almost an attraction in itself outside of a theme park so uh you have these elaborate um themed cocktails and you're within this this incredibly immersive sort of tiki bar and then with every different cocktail depending on what you order uh, a different experience or show happens or, or something so um it's really really fun to go to it's definitely really pricey um but it's worth remembering that you do get to keep the souvenir cup that your certain beverage comes in so um it is worth going just to experience it um i would also say the breakfast there is really good we did the character dining um breakfast there with um stitch and with mickey and things and that that was great so yeah i would recommend those two things um at the polynesian uh but yeah you've got to do i mean Ryan, you're going out there soon. You've got to do Trader Sam's. You've got to do it. It's so much fun. Yeah, and I think one thing that we didn't appreciate when we went last time was that you know just how big Disney is, and it, and it's 
it's more than just the parks it's the whole resort and there's there's things to do and things to see even at the resorts at the hotels you know and like you say trader sam's at the polynesian uh, california grill at the uh, contemporary and, and so on or you could go and uh, make s'mores at the wilderness lodge you know and things like that i think people don't also factor in i think sometimes it's a bit of a run a running a race when you're doing um an orlando holiday and actually people don't really realize again until you're about halfway through just how knackering it is and how exhausting it can be so i think mean, that's when the heat gets to you and people start to feel faint and the arguments happen and such so i would really suggest especially if it's your first time factor in rest days like even if you have days where like a couple of days throughout your holiday where you don't have a park perhaps scheduled but you have like a late a late sort of um morning breakfast or something and then you kind of just decide what you want to do uh in that evening you know you maybe you go to springs for like a mosey without any major plans or you go to a resort and chill by the pool and take it easy and like as much as it seems to us i guess being brits like you're wasting a valuable 24 hours where you could be running around the theme parks you will be so much more kind of rested and be able to kind of continue your trip um then being exhausted because it really what the heat and the exhaustion will get to you did you ever find that ryan like did you ever do trips when you did like 14 days or however long you were going for you would go into a park every single day and then you started to feel it yeah so we we did we did 14 uh nights i think i think it was um but yeah it really really got to us probably on our 10th day, I would say. And I think I said in, in our last episode, um, we went down to Bush Gardens and I, I didn't really appreciate how far, how far away Bush Gardens is. Um, and that really took it out of me. Um, so yeah, really important to have the rest days. That's one of the reasons why we've chosen to stay at Universal this time is because of the uh, amenities that are on resort. So if we want to have a lazy morning you know, in the pool, then we can. Um, some hotels, uh, you know, the experience isn't as good uh, as at other hotels, and also that it'll be a short walk over to the park. So if we're just feeling lazy one day, we can have a morning in the pool. Maybe then we could go into Volcano Bay in the afternoon, or we could have a walk over to City Walk, or maybe we could just pop into Islands of Adventure and ride around on the Hulk or something, you know. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, I think rest days is is really important. Uh, but I think that's something we'll probably bring out a bit in a future episode. I think we'll include that in our we'll include that in our miscellaneous top tips uh perhaps <laughs> and something that's really important that you need to factor in something that people don't really think about um because you know when when you get off the plane and you're just full of energy and and you just want to do things it just it just catches up on you and then you just get to a point where you're just so tired and you just don't want to do anything apart from watch you know watch tv or something but you haven't paid all that money to go out there and watch tv so just pace yourself you know go to the magic kingdom one day then say do you know what we'll today we'll go down to the boardwalk we'll have a bit of a walk around maybe we'll go and check out wilderness lodge maybe we'll have a ride around on the skyliner and then we'll go for dinner and then maybe we'll go and spend the evening in Hollywood studios or something. Don't feel like you need to go to a park and just hit it hard all day. I think that's a big mistake that you can make. And especially at Disney, you don't have to do that because there's so much to see, you know, around the resort as well. So yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. 
once you start looking for those kind of things to do um as as you've done kind of within the resorts themselves or perhaps outside of the the theme parks you start to really appreciate the kind of small things that you find that are for guests or that are great experiences that you can have that you're like oh my gosh i can't believe this it would even exist in disney world like going to check out the um one of my favorite things is on Fort Wilderness at Disney World, going to check out the horses and doing the hoop to do review or even just going for like a run around or, or um, having a picnic as well. That's one thing you can do at Fort Wilderness. That's really cool. Um, and Or going to the Polynesian and just chilling on the beach um, by the lakes or, you know, things like that that you don't necessarily think about uh, that are available at Disney World outside of theme parks, but they really are. And you start to realize that more and more guests during the middle of the day when they're all extremely busy out into the parks, these places will be really quiet. So you'll have these lovely kind of Disney, uh, kind of Disney based experiences, gently Disney, but that are just really nice and wholesome. Like who knew you could go kayaking in Fort Wilderness and you can literally have a guide and you can go kayaking down Fort Wilderness and, and go, um, and you can see Magic Kingdom from the river and things. It's 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 lovely. You know, we never you know it's, just, it's so nice outside of the theme parks to do those kind of things. Yeah, definitely. So I definitely recommend if you're going to stay at Disney, just make sure you do the full experience. Don't just go to the parks and just hammer the parks. You know, do get the full experience and just have a look at what's out there and what other things that you can do. Also, sometimes at resorts you'll find sort of special snacks and different types of food that you can find you know animal kingdom lodge they've got certain things you can only get there at the polynesian there's certain things you can only get there so if you enjoy trying the different foods and things out there then going to the resorts is sometimes a good idea because sometimes you'll find things that you just can't find anywhere else and you certainly can't find in the parks so the final thing uh, that we're going to mention is that we talked about uh, the partner hotels as well we kind of touched on with the swan dolphin but these hotels that kind of surround the Disney area or are within the kind of Disney area, but these are hotels that have been built that are owned and operated by other businesses. Um, however, are are kind of partners of Disney. So what that kind of means is that you get some of the perks of being at Disney. So some of the hotels have the free transport, for example, um, and other things that some of them might have a, a Disney uh you know outlet or store or something like that um and so you might get some little perks but you'll probably be paying more in line with the moderate resorts i would say there's some there's some of them that are certainly high-end luxury so if you're looking for high-end luxury that's not you know disneyfied then that's definitely an option but some of the hotels particularly the ones around the outside of disney springs for example probably are, are more on the kind of moderate side of things I think that's probably a good option if you're just looking to stay close to Disney, but you don't want to stay in that full Disney bubble and you're looking to do other things. Um, but it just really depends, you know, what your priorities are. Maybe uh, as adults only, that could be a good option. You know, for example, if you're looking for a luxurious hotel, but you don't want to spend necessarily deluxe, you know, top-end deluxe prices within Disney, but you want a really good hotel experience, then it can be a good option as well. Um, so so those those are a good option. Have you ever considered staying in a partner hotel? Is that something that attracts you? Um, uh, personally, for me, no. 
Not really. And I'll tell you why. Um, because if you're going to do it, if you're going to stay on Disney property, you might as well stay in the, in the film and have the film experience. Um, I, I don't believe actually that the partner hotels are, I know they can be a little bit cheaper, but I don't know if they're, they're, that they would be that much cheaper that they would warrant just not having the full Disney experience. So for me personally, um, that wouldn't be my necessarily my, my, my kind of choice, but I can understand if you don't want the, the kind of families and kids and you want something completely removed, but still be in the area, that's the choice. So that would be the only justification in my mind as to why you would choose a partner hotel rather than the value, because I don't believe they're that much better. But again, that's just my personal preference. What about you? Do you think, I mean, I know, um, you you've you've said that you you know you're staying at universal but are you are you purely staying at universal during your trip or are you actually staying at a partner hotel as well um when you kind of head over to disney or is universal just your kind of base yeah so so we've booked it as a package this time uh with flights as well so we just we're just staying at universal um but i would i think i would consider staying at a partner hotel but i think it'd depend on the, the the kind of price differences um because I can see a lot of be- a lot of benefits staying very close to Disney Springs because you know you can hop on the transport and you can get around easily and if it is cheaper than staying at you know Saratoga Springs for example um you know it could be a good option uh, and especially for us as as adults without kids um perhaps some of the hotels would be a bit more um, adult friendly. The other thing I would say is we had to look at some of the partner hotels and I went into one of them. They feel kind of more like uh, conference hotels. So hotels that you might go to when you're on a conference. The one I went to, it had this gigantic conference center attached to it. It was just gigantic. Um, It kind of reminds me of staying in a hotel that I'd stay in, you know, with work or something like that um so yeah i kind of agree that you know if you're going to stay at disney just stay in a disney hotel um in my opinion but certainly you know there could be a lot of benefits to staying in a, in a partner hotel um yeah no absolutely agreed there ryan so the 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 other one that we mentioned as well is uh staying in a villa uh, and that's that is a popular option for a lot of families. It's something that my wife's done uh, as a child. Uh, well, as a it's something that my wife's done uh, as a teenager that she went out there with her family and stayed in a villa. And if you go in, um, you know, as a large family group, that can be a very budget friendly option. Perhaps staying in a villa. Um, probably the most popular areas to stay in would be Kissimmee uh, and Celebration, I would say. But really, um, what you'll find in Orlando is that you'll find that there's lots of kind of gated communities that have villas in, and those tend to be the most popular places to stay. Now, I would say you need to kind of be careful with with, with villas because um, if you book villas uh, as a package through like Virgin, for example, um, if you choose kind of the lower end type of villa, you don't get to choose actually which villa you're going to be staying at. So it's a little bit potluck. You only know that you're going to be staying in a villa in a general area. And from what I can see, it can be a little bit hit and miss sometimes. So it might be better if you are going to stay in a villa 
actually know which villa you're going to stay in and make sure you're happy with it and that it's got all the amenities that you need. I would say that as a, as a rule of thumb, when you look at the villas that are over there, generally they'll be you know probably more like a bungalow or or sort of a you know maybe a smaller two-story type house but you know it'll have a big drive and it'll be quite wide they'll they'll pretty much always have a pool uh at the back which will be you know fenced off to stop the you know gators getting in you know that's quite important in florida um or you can stay in uh, condos as well i think that i think that's a, an option which is basically a flat i suppose is you know uh stayed in an apartment that's an option as well but it's not something i would probably choose to do so that's definitely uh, an option staying at a villa but what i would say is that all the options that we've talked about so far i think you can definitely do without hiring a car i would stay i would say that if you stayed in a villa i think you would more than likely need to have a car because you're more than likely to be you're more than likely to be a bit further away from some of the parks and you probably need to kind of drive around. Also, if you stay in a house self-catering, you need to be able to get to Walmart and you need to be able to get to other shops and things like that. Um, you're probably going to need to drive around. So that's the only thing I would say. But what you need to really consider is that hiring a car, especially if you need a larger car, like a, a minivan, you know, if there's more than four of you, for example, um, you're also going to be paying for parking. And at Disney, you know, I think it is now something like $25 a day. Is that right? It's quite expensive these days. Yeah, it's about 25 which is extortionate. I mean, it has gone down. Um, so I believe annual passes now are, um, annual pass holders are now getting free parking, um, which is good. But I think for a general day guest, it is 25 um, or it was. So actually, maybe that's another thing to factor in. If you're going to be going to Disney every day, you're going to be driving. Is it going to be worth cheaper? Um, is it going to work cheaper, sorry, to buy an annual pass um, for your for the duration of your stay and then save on those park tickets and also save on your parking as well? Um, that's just something to to look into, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely is. And, and also that kind of self-catering aspect is is quite important as well you know if um especially if you have specific dietary requirements because i would say that even though uh, i would say the food over there is uh you know it's quite tasty it can get for a uk palate i think it can get a bit much sometimes i don't know if you find that but you know you can't eat burgers all the time can you and you can't eat you know meat all the time and sometimes it's, it's you, rich you, really rich the food. yeah and sometimes you just want a bit of veg don't you <laughs> you just yeah. want you know um we we yeah. found when we went to um olive garden we were so excited by the fact that you could get green beans and broccoli just as a side i think we ordered like two sides of veg just each because we hadn't seen a vegetable in like the in the space of like you know 10 days or whatever it was really exciting yeah, and I'd I'd probably file that under miscellaneous tips, but I I would say that you really need to think about your diet over there because um and that also kind of feeds into you know your energy levels and and whether you're going to get to a point where you kind of burn out because um you need you know it's I know it's really really tempting to you know book into every restaurant that you can you know that you really want to go to and eat burgers everywhere and things like that but do you know what it'll catch up on you and you'll feel quite terrible after 
about five days. So, um, yeah, just have a think about that and, and maybe plan out. And just make sure you're drinking plenty of water as well. That's something we didn't do enough of. <laughs> so that's quite important as well. We um we set, like, we put an alarm on our phone every um half an hour, which is quite annoying. But what it does is it reminds you to constantly um drink water so it goes out oh, this like half an hour check right take like a everyone drink like a like a cup of water or if you're gonna like sip throughout the day just make sure you're continuing to sip yeah because it can yeah yeah hydration is uh don't wait hydrate you know what i mean because if you're thirsty it's already too late <laughs> i like that i'll remember that yeah that's a good tip all right. So to uh, sum up then, you know, we've gone through over, you know, the, the power five, <laughs> as we've called it, of some of the key places that people like to stay. But there are other options as well, you know, particularly staying at SeaWorld. You know, this is uh, a hotel at SeaWorld. I think there's a couple of hotels around SeaWorld, you know, you can stay at and they're nice hotels as well. So we're not saying these are the only places to stay, but these are some of the key places that people like to stay. So to sum up, um, I, I would say, Sam, that, that overall, I, I think it just depends, you know, what you're looking for out of a trip. You know, there's no perfect uh, or right place to stay at. You know, it really depends on, on your circumstances. You know, are you looking for a resort that you want to, you know, experience a bit more? Are you looking to have more rest days or do you just want somewhere to, to lay your head? I think it really just matters on your personal preferences, really. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think the nice thing with Orlando is that there is, you know, that there's something for for everyone, isn't there, Ryan? You know, it's 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 lovely um, that that you have that flexibility there, and and I think whatever you choose, you're still going to have a, a great time in the parks. So um, always remember that wherever you choose to stay, um, you're only going to be staying there for a for a little amount of time. So um, that's always one thing. And you'll never spend as much time in the hotel as you think you will. So that's something to, to bear in mind. But, um, but yeah, happy, happy hunting. And, oh, and um, shop around. That's what I'd always would say. Definitely shop around. Okay, great. So we hope that you've enjoyed listening to this episode. I feel like it's been a bit of an information dump, but hopefully it's been reasonably entertaining. If you've got any questions that you want us to answer, then uh, you can message us on Instagram or Twitter or you know YouTube or something like that. Like I said before, there is, there is going to be an opportunity if listeners want to call in and we can have a chat. Um, so if you've listened to this and you're just more confused than ever about where to stay, then if you want to call into an episode, we can have a chat about your personal preferences and see if we can help you find that kind of perfect place to stay perhaps i feel like um at the end of this sam we might become like travel agents or something i'm, I'm not sure <laughs> yeah and i'm like we'll set up the theme park and loopy travel company <laughs> and it would uh yeah the theme park loopy travel company making you loopier by the vacation <laughs> yeah and um, and we'll provide you with only just burgers and uh, yeah. Malay malaysian curries uh, <laughs> <laughs> just burgers and malaysian curries and if you book now you get a free keychain oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'd be good okay so like i said you can find us on twitter find us instagram find us on youtube if you're listening to this podcast on a podcast app 
do subscribe or follow the podcast because that really helps. Also, it's really nice to see how many people are following the podcast. I was saying to Sam before we we recorded that over the last year we've seen we've seen quite a big jump in the amount of people that follow in. So we really appreciate that, and we we're really thankful. Um, we you know I feel like sometimes we've been doing these podcasts, and it, it's been quite therapeutic for us, you know, to have a conversation with each other. And so I'm just glad that other people are listening as well, and hopefully you're finding it entertaining and and perhaps useful. Um, I would say that this podcast is so much of a kind of a theme park therapy session where we just get to geek out all together. And no matter who joins us, you know, we get to we get to talk shop for a little bit because I I don't know if you're listening out there, if you're listening to this, you know, sometimes I'm sure you can relate to, you know, it's hard when you're in, when you're an enthusiast and you see all this exciting stuff online, or maybe you go home and you're researching some bits or you you're listening to a podcast and you're like, Oh, that is so exciting. And you just want to like share it with another, uh, like another person or another enthusiast who's going to understand just how cool that is and have that moment because you can't just, it's so hard to go to like a non-enthusiast and say, there's this brand new coaster that's just been built and it's, you know, it's by this manufacturer and isn't that the coolest thing ever? And it's going to have this cool element to it. That's never been done before. And they just kind of shrug their shoulders and they're like, Oh, that that's great. So, you know, if you're an enthusiast and, and, you're, and you're listening to this, I'm sure you can appreciate when you do get together with other enthusiasts or, or even you listen to, to us Babylon um, enthusiastically about our kind of our worlds and our industry that we love. Um, then, hopefully this is just as rewarding uh, for you listening out there as it is for us because um th- this is just us talking shop and having a great time really so thank you for listening and thank you for for being a part of it really 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 do uh we, we do, do do hope you appreciate it definitely definitely we definitely do thanks for joining us sam there'll be more going to orlando episodes we'll be sharing information about that on our social medias so in the meantime Thanks for joining us and we'll see you again real soon.